So first, please could you introduce yourself and tell us a little about your background? So my name is Doris Doudet and um, I was born and raised in France, actually in Bordeaux, where she's where I did my two PhDs. And after that, I came to NIH as a, to NIH as a postdoc, where I still work at the, um, uh, in neurology at uh, John Hopkins University. And then I basically became assistant professor and an associate and full professor at University of British Columbia, which is where I am now. Um, for fairly much all of my research career, I have been doing study in uh, animal model of neurodegenerative disorder and mostly looking at the role of monoamine, which are some chemicals in the brain which are involved in depression and are also involved in Parkinson's disease. Great, so could you tell us about the research that you're presenting here at Neuroscience 2017? Okay, the research that we are doing here actually came almost, it, I do have to say it's very preliminary, it's very pilot, pilot study and it was done by an absolutely wonderful undergraduate student who did that in my lab as a volunteer. Um, so one of the problems that you have with most of the animal model of Parkinson's disease is that most of them are not progressive. So you give the toxin or you give uh, um, you know, the, the virus, virus vector, and you have to some extent an acute effect, which may be different if you give a high dose or a low dose, but he doesn't progress over, let's say, uh, a year. Yeah. Um, of course, there are some animals that are genetically engineered who are going to do that, but it's not necessarily a natural process of selection. So, based on some um, original studies that were done decades ago, it was found that there are some phytosterol, phytosterol glucoside, and which are basically metabolites of plants, basically plant metabolism, which when they are given to mice can create a model of ALS, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. But if you give them to rats, for a temporary period of time, they start developing a model of Parkinson's disease. Okay. So the animal gets the drug once a day, Monday to Friday, for four months, and they don't develop many side effects, but then if you follow them for another six to eight week, months, you start seeing that they develop the pathology in the brain and the behavior that you see in Parkinson's patient. Mm. So we are part of a Western-funded multi-center study to um, validate that model because it will be useful to develop new neuroprotective yeah, therapy. Yeah. So I had this animal and I'm a brain person, so mm. we're doing in brain. But because of, in the last few years, there has been several papers suggesting that you may also have a very early effect of the disease, for example, in the gut, and that you can find some nuclein aggregate, which yes, you find in yeah, the brain, yeah. but you can also find inflammation in the mm. gut uh, in Parkinson's patient. And I say, well, I have this animal, when I put them down, I am going to look at the gut, mm. at the colon specifically. So it was an education because processing a rat brain is different than processing a gut, yes. <laughs> rat gut. But we learned and that wonderful undergrad student developed um, a method 
to uh, and a protocol to do CD68, which is uh, an antibody marker that looks at uh, inflammation yeah. in the gut. And basically what we found is that if we take the animal who have been receiving that BSSG, that sterile uh, glucoside drug, versus animals that were done where they receive only the placebo, which is basically Robin Hood flower, that's it. Um, the animal which had received the, the what eaten the uh, BSSG all had higher level of inflammation in the colon, especially in the lamina propria, which is similar to what you have found in Parkinson's disease. Yeah. Um, I mean, and we have not done two cohorts of animals done at very different points in time. There was, in fact, two different types of strain of Sprague Dolerat, and the results are the same. So now we have uh, uh, two groups of 12 animals about in each condition and the result was actually reproduced. So we saw it was very interesting because there is more and more studies suggesting that what you eat may actually be um, a risk factor for you to develop neurodegenerative disease later in life. And the BSSG and phytoalstide phytosteroglucoside are actually promoted in a lot of health food to come back higher cholesterol and cancer. And nobody has actually looked to see if people who have been exposed to for long term to this type of uh, uh, plant metabolites may actually have a higher risk later in life. Yeah. This is of course very early on for to make such a conclusion, yeah. but I think it is that model is interesting because now it seems that not only it is reproducing mm -hmm. some of the brain pathology, but maybe it will also be reproducing some of the peripheral pathology. And if we can reproduce that in several centers, we may now have a model that would allow us to test basically a lot of neuroprotective therapies. Definitely, it's very interesting research and it could be a very valuable model there. So you mentioned that this was preliminary research, what are your next steps in this area? Well, with, with the tissues that we have right now, one thing which I think it is very important that we try to do is to reproduce the other side, which was being published in Parkinson's, which is the accumulation of protein aggregate in the gut, synuclein or ubiquitin. Um, and right now, I have a, a number of students who are taking some slice adjacent to the one where we looked at inflammation to see if there is indeed higher uh, protein aggregate uh, in the area where you also find higher inflammation. So if we can reproduce that, we know that the animal develops a nuclein aggregate in the brain, but not in the gut. So this yes. is the next step. This is very time consuming and it's uh, um, very actually difficult to do for people who are mostly doing imaging in the brain, yes. but uh, we are trying to have a collaboration with the other member of the Western multi-center group where we also look in the same animal at microbiome, yes. um, where we also look at, you know, uh, cholesterol. Yeah. And actually, as of two days ago, we found that the animal which had uh, been exposed to that feral 
sterol glucoside also have higher incidence of synuclein aggregate in the retina which is an area which actually has a lot of uh, dopaminergic inputs. So it seems that you know, we are putting together a model that we are trying to attack by multiple aspects. Yeah, so it seems that for a lot of diseases now we're seeing a sort of whole body approach rather than whole body one, approach, one yeah. specific part. Do you think that um, perhaps in the next kind of five years we might be looking at additional risk factors that patients could be um, advised to change their diet perhaps or other environmental risk factors looking at Parkinson's? I definitely think so. Yeah. I think we know very little to some extent of the effect of diet and the combination between your individual diet and your genetic background and your exposure, you know, in, at work, at school and whatever. And I think diet is now becoming to be something which is recognized yeah. and much more studied. And I think we will actually try, I mean, try try to gear people to to become more aware of what it is that they are yeah. ingesting yeah yeah well great thank you very much for joining us and sharing your research with us